I'm Tom Schultz, host of Voices of Montana. Thanks for joining us for the podcast today, brought to you by Blackfoot Communications. Does your home qualify for a $70 discount on your internet bill? Blackfoot Communications is proud to partner with the FCC to help ensure that households can afford the broadband necessary for work, school, healthcare, and more. For more information on this federal program and to see if your household qualifies for a discount on your internet service, visit goblackfoot.com slash ACP. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Let's just uh, introduce Bill Mercer. He uh, is with House District 46 um, and uh, a representative there. I've been talking about this, Bill. Um, Bill, good morning, Mr. Mercer. How are you, sir? Good morning, Tom. I'm well. Good. Good Thanks for thanks for being here. Appreciate that. Um, I I I know you and I have chatted over the uh, the years as 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 Grizz fans, Um, but uh, the the cats are back to back champions. Uh, I think that's a pretty big feat. So, um, congratulations to them. I know. I agree. I know you're very happy about it. Um, But it would have been fun to see uh, a Grizz cat championship last night too. Nonetheless, it would have been. Let's uh, let's pick this up. Um, uh, you and I chatted a while back, did a story on it, but I think there's more to uh, impart about. Because what what struck me in that conversation, Bill, was um, you had said one of the reasons that you're um, up at the legislature is for this purpose, and uh, it looks like you're making ground this year on transparency and accountability over budget requests. Well, I hope so. And and you remember the conversation correctly, Tom. I. Um I, this is my third term, uh, but I had the chance to serve as the U.S. attorney in the state for mm-hmm. uh, the entirety of the Bush administration. And one of the things that I learned in 21 years in the federal government is that it's really hard for government employees to sit back and say how at the end of a period, I don't care if it's a year, if it's a, a term, whatever it may be, how do we know if we have been successful or not? And I, I would contrast this with what it's like in the private sector, um, because obviously private companies are trying to either maximize sharehold return, uh, or if it's a closely held company, they're hoping to maximize their profit. And everything they do is designed to uh, hit that hit those targets. And in the government, what I found in in my 21 years on the federal side was that it was oftentimes not at all clear to people that were in the system about that that question, how are we going to know whether we succeeded or not? Um, And so when I was the U.S. attorney, I worked really hard to try to come up with metrics that could help guide us. And the example I always use is, is that we found when we looked at the data that we were seeing many fewer referrals from investigators to prosecute burglary crimes on the six reservations where we had primary responsibility when compared to uh, the numbers of burglaries that were being investigated and prosecuted in surrounding rural counties, uh, whether they were uh, had, had part of the reservation within the exterior boundaries or not. Uh, and that so that was a red flag of we've got to do something to figure out, uh, you know, why that's happening. And then we've got to try to measure uh, the progress we're making to see if if what we're doing uh, actually comports with what seems to be more of what's happening outside of Indian country. And so uh, that whole question of how do you know whether you've been successful or not is something that I've focused on since I 
got to Helena, and I was shocked when I got here as a first-term legislator to find out that uh, really none of the agencies had strategic plans with performance measurement uh, uh, components built into them to allow them to, at the end of the year, figure out whether they had succeeded or not. And so I've been uh, it is what keeps me coming back here. It's something that uh, I really feel like we need to transform state government. And this is the way to try to do it. Strategic plans um, and performance measures. Um, what would that look like uh, at, at a level where um, it's it's doable and easily digestible? Yeah, and, and that, uh, you know, some of my colleagues have been quick to say, hey, we've been on nonprofit boards. Uh, and we've been part of other organizations where there's a lot that goes into a, a strategic planning process, and then it doesn't really seem like it guides the the entity at all, but it just sort of sits on the shelf. I think what, what the bill this time is trying to do is say uh, every department is going to have to have a, a department plan. Uh, this, this all assumes, obviously, that we can get it enacted, that every department would have a plan and that it would say, you know, this is what we are trying to achieve with each one of our programs. So, you know, let's say, uh, for example, let's take the Department of Corrections. And that's that's a department where um, I'm on the appropriations subcommittee that deals with their budget. And, you know, the big picture for the Department of Corrections is they we want them to be able to demonstrate that when people are uh, – are within their custody and receiving, they've committed felony crimes, they have been sentenced to some sort of confinement that, uh, and or some sort of release status, but they're, they are getting programming. Uh, cr- that's why we call the Department of Corrections. Um, the, the idea is, is that there'll be attempts to try to get some rehabilitation done, maybe some job training, maybe some educational enhancement. And, and the hope of doing all that is that when that offender then is back in the community, that they don't reoffend. And so a huge, you know, a, a performance measure should be, the Department of Corrections should be trying to look across its programs once people are released from its custody to make, uh, to, to, to reach conclusions about how many of them recidivate, how many of them commit subsequent crimes. And then obviously uh, trying to figure out how those individual programs that the people have been through, whether that's having any effect or not. And so uh, a performance measure there should be, are we reducing recidivism year over year? And are we, are we seeing that these programs that we are exposing people to while they're within the custody and control of the department, do they appear to be effective or not? And if, we had that sort of measurement, if we had goals associated with that and that sort of measurement, then I think we could call balls and strikes more easily about whether programs are working or not. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's just one snapshot. And you can take that across virtually every agency. You can talk about timelines for permitting. You can talk, uh, there are just any number of things that if they were uh, identified as a goal an objective to try to achieve uh, with some sort of standard of measurement, then we could look back every year as the bill would require and say, all right, how are things going? And what, what can we learn from that? And of course, at the end of the day, it would be useful to us on the appropriation side of the legislature to decide what we want to fund. And 
So at the end, at the end of the equation is, you know, what's working, and if if something isn't working, we should not continue to support it. Is all of that? Uh, and we're with uh, Representative Bill Mercer, uh, House District Forty Six. We're talking about a bill to to bring transparency and accountability to that um, to the agency level uh, of of state government. Um, what's been the response? I know you, you've talked about, uh, and this bill, uh, 190, um, d- does it contain all, all of that in there, Bill, uh, that you're, you're trying to accomplish? And uh, what's been the response? I know it passed uh, on to the Senate, but um, you know, it's, you've been working on this for a while. So I, I suppose the finish line, you don't, you're not taking anything for granted, I guess. No, no. It, uh, the history here is I introduced a bill that was probably uh, broader, uh, and more more exacting in the last legislative session, and it uh, passed both the House and the Senate with very favorable numbers, and then the governor vetoed it. So, um, and and we tried to override the veto, but narrowly missed. Uh, so this is a essentially a do-over, and once again, I was very gratified with the support that the bill received in the House. I forget the exact numbers, but. Uh, the bill received uh, a, a very lopsided uh, vote uh, on the House side, and so now it does go over to the Senate State Administration Committee, and I'm hoping that it will have the same sort of uh, response from the Senate that it had last time around. And I have had, I've tried to narrow it in some respects. I'm hoping that ultimately the governor will sign this version of it. Uh, but as you say, it's still early, and uh, it's it's got a path that it needs to needs to go down in order to actually get it into law. And what I, one of the things I always try to say is, is that, uh, and it's not limited to House Bill 190, it's many of the things I'm carrying. The legislature should not be focused on a particular executive or a particular legislature. Right. It should be focused on what makes sense for the long term. If we're looking out eight years, we have a different governor um, you know, we we should be focused on how to transform the way the executive branch functions, regardless of who the governor is. And I think that this is, you know, a really important component of that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I very much appreciate that, too. Uh, I think that's how um, politics should operate, right, uh, in, in a lot of ways, uh, certainly. Um, hey, uh, Representative Mercer, I, 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 I've got to, to roll on here. I got a pretty... Uh, Pretty full schedule. There's a lot to talk about, but I appreciate you uh, working uh, on this measure and also informing us about it, too. And we'll we'll uh, we'll keep tabs on it. OK, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. Representative Bill Mercer again, uh, House District 46. That bill is House Bill 190. You can go to the Montana legislature and look up and look more information into it. And we'll follow that along as well. We'll turn our attention now to Washington, D.C., Montana's Western District Congressman Ryan Zinke, fifth generation Montanan and uh, former uh, commander. Commander Zinke, Navy SEALs, will come on and talk more about America's defenses on Voices of Montana. Does your home qualify for a $70 discount on your internet bill? Blackfoot Communications is proud to partner with the FCC to help ensure that households can afford the broadband necessary for work, school, health care, and more. For more information on this federal program and to see if your household qualifies for a discount on your internet service, visit goblackfoot.com slash ACP. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Uh, Ryan Zinke now joins us. Commander Ryan Zinke, U.S. House of Representatives, Montana Western District Congressman, fifth generation. Um, and uh, as I mentioned, uh, holy cow, um, 
uh, a lot of public service in this guy's background and uh, now on the Appropriations Committee. Good morning, Commander. How you doing, sir? You know what? I'm doing pretty well. I see some light in the tunnel. Uh, it is fixable. And actually, we're taking action on, on a couple of really important issues for Montana. I really love the, the it, it is fixable. Yeah, go ahead. Go right into it. I mean, I've got a, a well, few I, things well, here. One but of yeah. them is the Biden administration. Is the Biden administration put in this waters of the U.S. rule that if enacted, uh, it'll affect 90 percent of Montana I mean, in that the federal government will have jurisdiction over intermittent streams, cow ponds you know, seasonal depressions, vernal pools, and we just don't need the federal government in the backyard of every farm, ranch, and and, and, and private property in Montana. So we have an opportunity. Congress has a full authority to nullify that rule. Uh, we will get it in the House. Uh, we're asking for our senator, a tester, I'm sure Senator Daines, uh, maybe a Senator Manchin. We need one Democrat senator to step the plate in the interest of Montana to make sure this rule does not go in effect. And, you know, it affects Montana, but also Florida. You know, you pick a state. If the federal government has jurisdiction in the water, that, that, that's going to be a big issue. Yeah. So I, I think we have an opportunity to do that. Uh, you know, yesterday we, we defeated a resolution on, on Syria, well-intended, uh, but uh, a really bad idea. Yeah, I, you know, I, we, I looked at that one. Would you talk more about that? Um, because well, look, we have, yeah. yeah, we have the, the fact of the matter is this: there are really bad people out there, and either we go after them in Syria, uh, or they're going to be here. There is no doubt about it. We don't have a border, by the way. So, so these guys, you got to put pressure on them. There, we have about nine hundred troops. Not, not, a, not a big signature, but the reason why you got nine hundred is, yeah, you have your forces going to go surveillance, right? You got to add that in. Then you got your SEALs, your Special Forces guys that are actually going to identify and, and go after these guys. But you also need, you know, medevac in case someone gets gets hurt. That means you got mechanics. So a footprint that gives you a, a capability to go after these guys. And we're talking ISIS. We're talking PKK. These are the worst of the worst. And I guarantee you, if we don't get them where they're at, they're coming here. So I, I think for national security... Yeah, important. Ask all the right questions, where the resources are, how many ops you're doing. Ask those tough questions and make sure the resources are going to the right spot. But to arbitrarily remove them without going to classified briefs. And look, I'm a Navy SEAL. I understand the consequence of, of, of war and, and conflict, both on, on members that I've lost and their families. But in this case, Syria, we got to put the pressure on. Keep it on. And, and, and would you, I know it's been uh, uh, roughly coming up on a year since we deployed um, uh, or uh, withdrew out of Afghanistan. The, the equipment left behind, we've talked about that. It, it, is, it is just very, very, very bad policy. But now, uh, almost a year into it, Commander, um, what, what is the ramification? What are the consequences of that policy? Well, we're seeing the consequences now Ukraine, in, in my judgment. Our debacle in Afghanistan weakened our position uh, globally as a, as, as a leader of the Western democracies. Uh, and what it ha- I think it gave Putin a green light to launch forward in Ukraine. And, and now that the same, the same uh, you know, situation is going on where we don't have a plan that I've seen in Ukraine. In my view, we are tiptoeing towards nuclear conflict with Russia. Uh, because we're and I don't I don't believe with a blank check. Yeah, I support you know John F. Kennedy's will pay any price, bear any burden, and ensure the success of liberty. But 
blank checks are no go with me. Yeah. And, and I, I want to make sure that our resources are going to the right place because we are blindly tiptoeing. And look, this is, this is an enormous amount of resources. This is $118 billion. Now, I sit in the committees of uh, the, 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 the you know, Native Alaskans and, and, the, and Native Americans, and I can tell you there, there's a, a lot of need, you know, right in Montana on, on Indian health service, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but what, yet we're spending $118 billion blindly with no plan. So, you know, uh, Congress, I think, is the last line of freedom, and we're going to do what we're doing. Well, and and I wonder now. Uh, uh, House Speaker McCarthy has has noted he uh, he rejected um, a, a meeting with Zelensky, and he's also said no no blank checks. I appreciate that. Without a plan, uh, this is and you talked about it tiptoeing uh, possibly to nuclear disaster. What would be a good plan? What uh, you know in, in your mind? Um, uh, what would be a good plan here? That's uh, cease hostilities immediately. Mm. Look, this is being fun on the back of, of the U.S. Yep. Number one, it's in Europe's backyard. Where is their participation rate? It's not 118 billion, my friend. So get get Europe to step to the plate and and, and and cease and desist hostilities now before it gets worse. And let's negotiate, uh, you know, a, a settlement. Russia is not going to give up the Korean Peninsula. That is their only only warm water port. The Korean wars were fought over it. So take that off the table. Yet Zelensky is is pushing that very fact and. Now, I think I think uh, we, we need to sit down. Uh, those two sides need to sit down with the allies and, and figure out a peaceful way ahead. But this continuing to inch inch blindly ahead is a no go with me. Commander Ryan Zinke, Western District Representative, uh, former Secretary of the Interior, uh, served as a Navy SEAL uh, in, in as a Navy SEAL, nineteen eighty six to two thousand and eight. Uh, and again, very much appreciate that service. To talk. I, I always mention you, you played uh, football for uh, the Ducks, too, which is a pretty cool background. Well, always in the trenches. You know, there's, there's, there's also a lot of issues coming up in Montana, right? Because Montana, you know, our lifestyle's under duress. Yeah. You know, and I can tell you, in Washington, D.C., they want to manage our rivers. They want to manage the water temperature, the flow, the riparian banks, what wildlife come in, what wildlife live, you know, all water going into it. And these people are trying to manage it, and they don't even know where the Yellowstone River is. And, and, you know, how do you think you can manage it when you don't know where it is? So right. we got to push back and make sure the federal overreach on, on management of our and the dictatorial, you know, dictums on our, on our lifestyle, we, we need to push back. Commander Ryan Zinke is with us here, U.S. House of Representatives. We'll take a short break and, and uh, come on back with more. Does your home qualify for a $70 discount on your internet bill? Blackfoot Communications is proud to partner with the FCC to help ensure that households can afford the broadband necessary for work, school, healthcare, and more. For more information on this federal program and to see if your household qualifies for a discount on your internet service, visit goblackfoot.com ACP. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Was elected, elected to Congress in 2014, Montana's at-large congressman, and now uh, Ryan Zinke, Commander Ryan Zinke, is our Western District congressman, too. It's good to have uh, two in the Capitol. Speaking with uh, Commander Ryan Zinke uh, today on Voices of Montana, quick call listening in Hamilton on KLYQ. Skip, you're on the air with the commander. Thank you, sir, and uh, good morning, Commander. It's uh Always nice to hear your voice and talk to you. I, I told you before, I'll see you on the radio. And I wanted you to, 
I wanted you to know when we talked personally last was at the Frontier Restaurant in Stevensville. And uh, James Brown was there. And we talked uh, it was three days before the election. And one of the subjects was something that I think Bill Mercer has a resolution in front of our legislature right now about, which has to do with our Supreme Court uh, election versus appointment. And, and I thought I'd ask you, uh, and he was just on and I didn't get to ask him, but I thought I'd ask you with the soap opera that we have going on in our Supreme Court in the state of Montana, do you think that that is a, one of the solutions that we could use where a, a governor appoints our Supreme Court and then has to, uh, justice and then it has to go through our Senate, similar to our, our U.S. government procedure? Thanks, Skip. Yeah. Can, would you explain it? Thank you, sir. Well, at, at the heart of the issue is it seems the court is misaligned with where Montana is. And, and, and to, to a degree, our, our court system at large, our federal system, when, when you have judges that can legislate from the bench, and, and view law in terms of uh, a political agenda rather than our constitution. And I know, by the way, you know, a large issue is the, the court itself. And you, if you read the constitution closely, you know, each branch uh, has equal power. So when the Supreme Court says my law is supreme, well, that the Supreme Court said that, but by the constitution, they don't have the authority to say that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think on the, on the branches, there has to be an adequate checks and balance. And when one branch, whether the executive or in this case the judicial, uh, gets to tell the other two branches what to do with impunity, then I think you've got to go back at, at why our founders and why the Montana Constitution was put in place to have a balance. So I, th- I think right now the, the the court seems to be out of bounds, certainly with the executive and the legislature. And in some cases, uh, that, that balance is extreme. Ryan, I have a minute here before we get to a hard break. And I, I want to just open it up to you because um, we had chatted briefly. Um, uh, you, you have a message uh, as this Congress has now initiated, well, been going on for a few months. Um, this is doable. You think there are things out there, um, there there's some, uh, you know, Things are fixable out there. I appreciate that. Well, and I, I tell you, you know, the, the first couple of weeks in, in, in the House was a, was a little rough. And look, the House of Representatives, in my view, is the last line of freedom. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna protect the freedom in the Constitution. So we have the House. But in order to be effective, we also have to work together as, as, as a team. And the first couple of weeks was, a couple, was hard, but some of it was, look, if you look at the makeup of the body, is that less than half the members have ever served in the majority before. Now, I'm lucky. I've never served in the minority. Mm. I'm not in, in, the, yeah. in the state Senate, nor was nor, nor the congressman before, but it must have been awful uh, to, be, to be in the minority, especially under the Pelosi regime. And it was awful for a Democrat, too, because she, she, was, she was tough and, and she ruled an iron fist. Commander, I'm going to uh, run out of know, time, so so my apologies yeah, for that. Anyway, I, I'm, I, I think we're we're understanding the importance of working together, and and when we work together, we're going to be in adequate checks and balances administration, and uh, I think everyone understands the importance of, of being the last line. Go get them, Ryan.